all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we're talking about pets. They say that dog is man's best friend. Actually, there's research to back that up. Studies have shown that pets, not just dogs, but cats, fish, birds, other animals can improve mental and physical health, can help heal loneliness, improve your ability to socialize, help those who have physical disabilities or the hearing or visually impaired, and they also can have a calming effect on the hyperactive or aggressive child. So it sounds like everyone should have a pet, right? Should they really? When are pets not a positive addition? We'll talk some about that. But is having a pet worth the potential loss when they're gone? And I think many of our listeners know that after having a long-term pet, it really is sad. It's like losing a part of the family. But is that loss a small price to pay for the years of the companionship that you can get. There, those studies out there have shown that people with pets are generally happier, more trusting, less lonely than those who don't have pets. Now, some of you out there without pets may take exception to that, but it really does seem that uh, pets can be a wonderful addition. So we want to hear your stories, hear your thoughts. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. We are also today going to talk about uh, service dogs and the rights of individuals uh, to have service dogs. We'll hear from a lawyer um, later on in the show, Richard Courtney, who will be calling in. But right now, I have Teresa Gardner in studio with me, who is a very long-term animal lover, but also more than that, uh, worked at the Hines County Sheriff's Department for many years, right, Teresa? Yes, I do. you uh, train service dogs. I've trained service dogs and therapy dogs, obedience dogs, confirmation dogs. <clears throat> so it has been in, in, involved in the dog world for many years, for right? Me. 
many years. So um, recently retired, or maybe yes. not so recently, <laughs> but uh, continues to be in in the animal world and still very connected. I know with a lot of the disability groups and right. um, service dog industry. So Teresa, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in that. Just have always loved dogs, and when I went to work for the sheriff's department, I was already showing dogs for in American Kennel Club shows. Mm-hmm. I belong to two different kennel clubs here in Jack in the metro area, um, Mississippi State Kennel Club and the Brandon Kennel Club. I also belong to Golden Retriever Rescue. I also belong to Mississippi Dachshund Club mm-hmm. that's located in the metro area, and. I started a program with the Hines County Sheriff's Office with Sheriff Malcolm McMillan to rescue dogs. And I taught the inmates at the penal farm in Raymond how to train basic obedience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we did was be able to get a dog adopted that was going to be euthanized. Mm -hmm. A lady that I knew through American Kennel Club by the name of Rebecca Floyd who now owns and runs Gallant Hearts Guide Dogs in Madison. So that's for the visually impaired, right? Exactly. It's a guide dog, visually impaired. Right. And Becky Floyd has done a lot of wonderful things across the state for um, the visually impaired And anyone uh, with disabilities. Right. And, mm-hmm. and many others. So, though this um, show is certainly not, we leave that for our uh, pet show um, on MPB Think Radio. Um, this is not so much about how we take care of dogs, but how they and other animals can take care of us and how they can make us healthier. And I think that the realm of service dogs certainly is one of those industries that has done a lot of good in improving and enhancing the lives of those who have significant needs or disabilities or sensory deficits. And and certainly in my area of practice, developmental behavioral pediatrics, I have had several children who have had um, highly trained, skilled um, animals who have helped with calming their severe hyperactivity right. with helping calm a child who might have autism spectrum disorder who has perhaps um, sensory issues mm-hmm. sensory integration dysfunction where uh, the dog can calm them and help them um, in this area so I want to talk a little bit about some of those things that we have found through studies. Um, and this has been going on for many years. Many and in years. fact, yes. there was an article that I found, an old article in the New York Times back from 1969 um, that was talking about the incredible benefits that uh, it was thought. Right. That, I mean, that's even when I was a child. <laughs> So let's let's just sort of tick down some of the list. Um, there has been a study that showed um, individuals with dogs particularly may have healthier hearts. And some of the conjecture is that um, dog owners tend to walk more. 
Um, they tend to have lower blood pressures. Right. Um, they tend to have a calming benefit on individuals. And also, there was another study done that showed heart attack survivors and people with serious abnormal heart rhythms who own dogs tend to live longer than people with the same heart problems who don't have pets. Now, maybe there are lots of other confounders there, um, certainly. But again, let's go back to that calming effect. Um, For instance, right? what if you have a child that um, is ADD, just has a very short attention span? We have programs out there called the read programs, those kind of programs that we can take a dog into a classroom and a child that will not read in front of anybody, can't keep his attention on anything, you put the dog in the center of the room and let the child walk up there, let the dog lay down, and a child will pick that book up and read while he's petting that dog. And it calms him instantly. So you clearly have seen this I happen. Have seen I can tell. It in I'm, I'm watching yes. your face, <laughs> and it's like this is real. This is real. It's pretty amazing. It lowers me. your blood pressure. Um, what the scientific reason is, I don't know, but it makes you feel better. There is clear evidence that that animals in general can be exactly. stress soothers, and and I will uh, tell you that there have been a couple of studies done with individuals who have fish or who watch fish tanks. So they An they aquarium. come in and watch the movement mm-hmm. of the fish and check individuals. Um, and then have them watch the fish in the fish tank, check their blood pressures, and then and then um, evaluate blood pressures again. And it's been shown again that that can have a lowering of the blood pressure. Exactly. Um, and I'll tell a quick story. Um, my administrative assistant, who I mention often, Amanda, on the radio, uh, was telling me a story. She's uh, struggled a little bit with blood pressure. And um, she came in one day, her blood pressure was up a little bit, and she was sat down with her cat. Her cat jumped in her lap. The cat started purring as she's petting the dog. And guess what? Everything got better, right? Exactly. Um, Heart rate dropped, blood pressure dropped, breathing rate dropped. It is so calming. It is calming. To have an animal snuggle up with you. So again, not just dogs, but fish and and other. Um, now, uh, before the break, I want to mention one other um, benefit. Individuals who are shy, um, who are introverted, Many times when you don't know how to start a conversation, right. those pets, kind of like babies, can be an icebreaker. It is definitely an icebreaker. Right. To walk in anywhere, whether it's in a park or in a store with a dog on the lead, mm-hmm. and somebody wants to come up and talk with you. Yeah, right. Right. You immediately talk. A situation that happened to me recently, um, I was on the Gulf Coast at Cruising the Coast, and we went to an outdoor cafe to have a bite to eat. And there was a couple sitting, of course, in an outdoor table, and they had a carriage with birds. Um, they had four or five 
parrots, beautiful, brightly colored green and red parrots. Well, the whole um, outside was just enamored, and I cannot tell you how many people walked over to those owners of those birds to talk to them about their birds. And um, so it was like there was this whole outdoor cafe with all this camaraderie that would not have happened. Would would not have said a word to each other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for those beautiful birds. So... When we come back from our first break, we're going to talk a little bit about more about the many other benefits. I'm not done yet. We'll talk about baby's immune system and then a little more about the social support of service dogs. But we want to hear from you and your thoughts and your stories. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464, or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Relatively speaking, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Teresa Gardner, and we are talking about how pets can enhance your life and your health, not just yours, but your child's or your grandchild's. What we'd love to do is hear from you about how pets have enhanced your life and how they have made a change for you and perhaps how they've given to others. I know you have those stories and we want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, or have you been one of those individuals who has benefited from a service dog? Or do you perhaps have some questions about how service dogs um, are used and whether they're properly used? In a minute, we're going to talk to Rick Courtney, who is a lawyer in the Jackson metropolitan area, to talk to us a little bit about the rights of service dogs. But before we go to that, I do want to just bring up another possibility of why pets might be helpful to our health. Babies raised in families that have pets 
may be less likely to get allergies and asthma. So the thought is you really do need to start early, ideally before a baby's six months old, with some exposure to pets. Um, Babies with cats or dogs at home have fewer colds, fewer ear infections during their first year of life uh, than babies do who have pet-free homes. That was one study. Um, There are other studies that have been out there who seem to say the same thing. So um, something to think about. Um, The other thing uh, that I I wanted to remind everybody about is maybe these animals help improve your mood and give more meaning to your life. People with pets generally are happier and more trusting. Why is that? Maybe it's because it gives you something um, to care for you and for you to care for instead of just worrying about yourself. Don't know. That may be part of what's going on. And like I said, I really do want to hear from you about that at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, All right, Rick, hang there with me just for a minute. I'm going to go to our first caller, David in Memphis. David, you have a story about a dog. Yes, I have always loved dogs, and um, every Christmas and birthday I asked for a puppy. But um, being the youngest of four children, my parents thought that anything else living in the household wouldn't be very welcome or would be too much trouble. So I went my life without dogs, just living through friends' dogs and stuff. But when I was in college and living on my own independently, I finally was able to look at my life and say, oh, I'm going to finally do this. And I got a dog, and that dog made it possible to get through my last couple of years of college. They were incredibly stressful times. And I, to this day, still thank Trixie, my, uh, my mutt, for every time I would come home after a long, stressful day, she'd be there wagging her tail and smiling at me and made it possible to get through all those long, sleepless nights of doing homework and rewrites. Uh, and David, I have the same kind of story. I, I was from a family of eight, and so, of course, uh, my parents just did not want to add another mouth to feed or anything else to our lives, although I did have outdoor cats just because I was going to have a pet somehow. But I'm with you. That that smiling puppy face when you get in um, – that is just so happy to see you. Um, it it made all the difference in the world, just that even if you don't necessarily believe in yourself or, or feel great about yourself, there's someone out there that that loves you and, mm-hmm. and, and not, wants nothing more than to make you happy. Having that, that sense of companionship and, and fellowship really made the, the biggest difference after, after those really long and hard days. Uh, yes, yes. And um, you just said it, that unconditional love. They don't care if um, in your class you got the best grade or you made the best presentation or your design for a project was an A or a D. They just know that you came back to see them and that you are their friend and they want you. I just, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, it's a self-esteem booster, I think. So thanks for your story, David. I know Thank you so much for letting me share. Oh, thank you. I hope, is Trixie still in your life, just real quick? She is. She, um, and she actually just recently got a, a sibling. My, my wife and I adopted a, um, 
another rescue um, mix from a shelter locally and uh, last year. So she's had a sibling for about a year now. And so Trixie's about five and, and her sibling is anywhere between. We're, we're thinking around that age, but yeah. she's still with us and make, yeah. filling our lives with joy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And I saw Teresa smiling and nodding about the rescue dog. There's so many Absolutely. animals out there, dogs and cats and others, who who really need a home. And, and many Absolutely. times um, that's a good thing to do. All right. Now, um, I'm going to bring Rick Courtney in. Um, Rick, are you there with us? I'm here. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, Rick and I have known each other for a long time, and um, you have done some great work in elder law and in uh, law for those with special needs. And um, we wanted to talk just for a minute about um, service dogs and a person's right to have a service dog. And also, during the break, Teresa and I were talking about uh, the fact that there are some people out there who are a bit unscrupulous, so they can take their dogs everywhere they want to go. They order service dog vests from online, Teresa. Online. Right. right. No no certification or anything. No certification, no qualification. And so there's a little bit of concern out there about that. And so can you talk to us, Rick, just for a couple of minutes about the rights there and then the the difficulty on how we protect um, the real service dogs in the, the service industry from from people who are not? Well, sure. And, and, and I started with that uh, because my daughter, who's in her mid-30s, has cerebral palsy so as a child we had three generations of Maltese oh yes uh, little little party dogs and and they were a great help to her and a pleasure for her because she was not able to get out and physically go be as robust as her friends maybe so the dog provided a lot of social support for her and as she grew older we wanted some a dog to help her because there were things that she would drop couldn't reach as a wheelchair user and so we looked into service dogs, and uh, she, we now have, she has her second skilled service dog trained through Canine Companions for Independence. It's a large yes. national uh, service dog organization. And I got involved in therapy dog work because of my work in elder law and special needs and going to buddy walks and yes. those nursing homes and those things. So I have a retired certified therapy dog in the house. So we're a three-dog house. Oh, wow. Right now. Wonderful. Um, therapy dogs, uh, I've told people before when they walk up, oh, your dog has a vest on. Well, Johnny, you can't pet this dog. And I would tell them that Gus, my golden retriever, who can't get around as well now, he's 13 this month, so he's wow. retired as a therapy dog. But I would tell them, no, his job is to give and receive affection and love from anyone who wants to be with him. So Johnny, come and hug on him and, and just have a good time with him. And that's the therapy dog. So um, that's a dog. That's perhaps a time. Therapy dogs, I know, Teresa, that is what you have done. And that's one of those things that is so important because everybody cannot have a pet. Right. There are certainly individuals who are aged who are not able to for various right. reasons. Maybe they're in a nursing home. Um, <laughs> but those therapy dogs can so much enhance their lives, right? Right. They yeah. do. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you see the smiles and their eyes light up when the dog gets in their lap if it's small enough or comes and puts his chin on their lap if they're a big dog. And they just get to rub on them. And, of course, they should always be clean and well-groomed when right. they go for visits. That's one thing that therapy dog workers, Ms. Garner, knows this. Um, you know, we always try to have therapy dogs well-groomed and well-mannered That's to go exactly wherever right. they're invited. But they don't have legal rights to go anywhere that they're not invited exactly. as far as public accommodations or public buildings. But that's different than a service dog, correct? correct. A certified so service Melanie dog. Has had for eleven for a little over eight and a half years, she had a black lab service dog trained for two years, uh, raised by volunteers and trained in certain commands. Uh, to be a service dog for her, to provide some particular service that she requires because of her disability. So the dog is trained to pick up things, to open and close doors or drawers or, or prop up and right. punch an automatic door opening pad. So those are types of things. Plus, for people who are blind, there are guide dogs or uh, seeing eye dogs. For people who are deaf, there are hearing alert dogs that can alert them to a fire fire alarm or a doorbell. Uh, There are seizure alert dogs that are trained and specifically to detect the onset of a seizure for someone who has seizure disorders and to get them safely where they can sit down and not hurt themselves. So there are all kinds of those things. In the law, service dogs under the ADA They're called service animals, and they refer only to dogs as service animals in their regulations. Uh, And any place that the person goes, the service dog or service animal has to be allowed to accompany them. Okay, The, The owner of those facilities can ask two questions only of the person who's bringing a service animal in. Number one, is this service animal required because of the disability? And secondly, what work or task has the animal been trained to do for you? Those are the only two questions that a proprietor of a business or a facility can ask if a person with a disability is bringing a service animal in. Uh, They can't ask, do you have a disability? What is it? Are you disabled? I mean, they can't inquire about the individual, but they can ask, is the service animal required because of a disability? And what uh, tasks has the animal been trained to do? Okay. And they can't ask for proof of your disability or the need for the animal. The federal regulations say that those dogs must be specifically and individually trained. Right. So just going out with a dog to a group training session in the community is not going to qualify that dog as a service animal under the ADA. So can um, can an individual ask for proof of certification? Uh, no, the owner no. can't ask for proof of the certification of the animal. Um, they can, the, um, the American Air Carriers Act, for when uh, dogs or animals can accompany someone on an airplane, they can ask for... Uh, identification cards, written documentation, presence of a harness or tag uh, to qualify someone, uh, an animal, as a uh, an assistance animal for air travel, and um, they, they can ask for it then. 
and they won't let emotional, they don't have to let emotional support animals on an airplane unless there's a doctor's letter saying why the animal is necessary, either for that traveler's emotional support needs on the airplane or at the destination. Right. Okay, Rick, I really appreciate you giving us that information. I think that's really helpful for those who might be interested in getting a service dog or who might be interested in helping with training a therapeutic dog. Um, Teresa was just showing me that um, there is a card. There is a card that that service dogs uh, get that identifies them as being a service dog. One one quick uh, addition to what we said. Mississippi has an even broader law that allows a blind, mobility-impaired, or hearing-impaired person to have a dog or other animal, so it's a little broader than the ADA, specifically trained to assist them with day-to-day activities. If they have that need, then they can... animal can accompany them in any kind of public place in Mississippi. So a little bit broader protection for service animals uh, for those three types of conditions in Mississippi. Super. Well, thanks, Rick. Thanks so much for calling in and helping us with the service dog issue. We're going to take our next break, and when we get back, we want to continue to talk about how pets have um, enhanced your life. Jim, I'm sorry we lost you. Give us a call back. Um, We want to hear your story about how your pet has made your life better or someone else's. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here with Teresa Gardner, and we're talking about how pets can enhance your life and the value that they can give to you and to those with special needs. So actually, there are a lot of studies that show pets can enhance your life, make things better, make you feel better, make you healthier, make you socialize more. Um, But are pets for everyone? Um, Do you have a story about this? Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-672. 7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We have some callers. I'm going to go to an email, though, that we got first from Tracy. She said, sometimes they bring me the greatest joy and comfort in my life, especially companionship. But there are times when they drive me absolutely nuts. Every death of one of my animals has hurt me to the core. When my daughter lost her beloved dog, Lucy, it about killed her. She mourned for years. 
it has just been recently that I've noticed that she doesn't speak of her as often, Tracy. So um, Tracy brings up a point. It, yes. it can be like the loss of a family member for certain when you lose one of those beloved animals, can it, Teresa? Oh, yes, it can. Yeah. A piece of your heart dies with them. Yeah. But I do think it's worth it. Oh, That's I do my too. opinion. Absolutely. Um, so, well, let's go back to the phone lines. We have Jane and Jackson. Jane, you're a pet owner lover. You have a story for us? I do, cousin. This is your cousin, Jane. Hey, cuz. Thanks for calling in. Well, you're having a great show, and I'm glad you and Teresa are talking about this, and Rick did a great job, too. Um, and I have a couple things that I wanted to share. One, you said are pets for everyone, and there are a couple things that I would just add to your conversation. Um, a lot of times people with children will get a dog, and they'll say, now this is going to or a cat or a whatever, a ferret, whatever, and say, that you're going to have to take care of it. And then it ends up being a great source of contention in the family, and I just think, and of course you're the behavior scientist, but I think if parents expect their children to be the primary caregiver for a dog, they're 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 asking for a conflict. Seems right. to me it's more important for the parents to model to their young children. The children need to be part of it, but the parents need to be modeling the caregiving and modeling what it means to make a commitment and all those things. So that, Absolutely. that's one of those things that I think might be something you would have some thoughts about as the Absolutely. I, I just, yeah, I'll I'll tack on to that. Yes, modeling. Children are not ready to be parents. And actually, to me, having a pet in your home is like being a parent to a toddler. And I remember one time, one of my um, puppies uh, got into something, and I can remember the vet admonishing me and saying, Susan, remember, uh, your puppy is like having a toddler exactly. so you'd really have to protect them right yes yeah. they're two years old their yeah. whole life <laughs> but it is it, it is really a great lesson for children to start learning about responsibility so thanks jane for bringing that up and, and then the other thing and i think that's a, that can be of concern is um, when people get pets and then the pet become and, and when I and I guess talking about modeling behavior for your children and making a pet a positive experience and something that's gonna help your child grow into a better person, is when people get a pet and then it doesn't go just like they want so they get rid of it. And yeah. then they get another pet. And that doesn't go just right so they get rid of it. And so I think it can have the converse, um, when we talk about commitment and companionship and all that, I think it can have a converse impact on a child if they don't see the value and the commitment and the responsibility shouldn't be until it's inconvenient. Right. Two good points. Um, Thank you. So um, there's one more thing I'd like to say, and I, and I asked your call screener if it was okay if I could do this. Yeah. Um, on December 1, as you know, I'm the board chair of the Coalition for Citizens with Disabilities, and on December 1, we're having our, um, a torchbearer celebration at the uh, Mississippi Art Center. The Art Center of Mississippi used to be the Mississippi Museum of Art, and it's a 530 to 8 o'clock reception, and we will be honoring certain folks who we consider have been torchbearers for people with disabilities from all different aspects of life. 
um, business, advocates, families, and you. Uh-huh. What? And you. And me. Oh. You will, you will be one of the torchbearers we'll be recognizing on December 1. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not about a pet, but I thought your listeners would like to know that. So, well, thank um, you so much. I wanted to tell you. Well, thank you for bringing that up here. Thanks for your call, Cuz. And thanks okay. for all the work that you do for those with special needs. We really appreciate it. And that coalition is a wonderful group. So thanks for all that they do. Thanks for your call. <laughs> that was a surprise. Well, let's go next to Diane in Ocean Springs. Diane, you're a lawyer with two cats and a dog? Uh, yes. Good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. So tell us your story. I'm a lawyer, and our practice is mostly divorce and child custody and some criminal law. Uh-huh. Pretty much everybody that comes through our doors is in a high-stress situation. Right. And I have in my office two office cats that stay there all the time, and then I bring my little dog from home with me every day. Um, and my husband works in the office, so one of, one of the other of us brings the dog to the office every day. And I have just noticed that the cats and the dog just make the, the whole atmosphere for the clients a lot less stressful, a lot less unpleasant, and really it, they make a huge difference when people come in and they're, they're stressed and they're crying. And it makes a difference to us, to the staff and to the lawyers and all this too, because, you know, it's a high-stress environment for us as well. Right. You know, um, Diane, we've talked many times about uh, divorce and um, having children involved in a divorce and how contentious things can be and how stressful they can be for for the couples who are divorcing and also for the children. And so thank you for doing something to, to hopefully de-stress the situation somewhat. Um, I, the dog I, is wonderful, too, when children come with mm-hmm. parents because he'll occupy the children in the other room because we don't want them hearing any of this. Yeah, so they can be a distractor. Right, yeah. exactly. Good idea. A calming one at that. Right, a calming one. So, well, Diane, thanks for your call, and, and thanks for your pet story. I know there's so many out there, and it can it has been shown, like I said, that not only are we good for pets, but pets are good for us if we approach them in the right manner. So uh, we still have some open lines. Give us a call if you have your story at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Let's go next to Karen in Greenwood. Um, Karen, you have some thoughts about guide dog etiquette. Uh, sorry, I tuned in late. Has that topic been covered already? It has not. We've talked about oh, um, service dogs and and the rights, but uh, tell us what you're calling about. Okay. I have uh, a guide dog, and I've had her for a year, and she is wonderful. Um, just that uh, I realize uh, people don't always know about uh, guide dog etiquette. Uh, when you see a person with a a guide dog or a service dog who might be wearing a vest, Um, you you know, it it is, uh, it's best to 
not stare at the dog, not pet the dog, not try to make contact or get the dog's attention because that dog is considered to be working. And if a uh, dog is out of harness, at least I know this about guide dogs, you can ask the owner if you can pet the dog, but it is up to the owner to make that decision. And, uh, you know, try not to get your feelings hurt, dog lovers. Um, My dog still gets very distracted, and for safety reasons, for mine and hers, I really prefer that uh, people not interact with my dog, whether she's in the harness or not, you Mm -hmm. know, unless there's an emergency situation where I need help. But um, also to let people know, too, that uh, there are a lot of guide dog users who are not totally blind. I'm one of them. In uh, the school I attended to train with her, uh, most of our class had some vision. Um, So to know that, too, Uh, we still need our guide dogs to keep us safe. Karen. I had the lamp this morning. I was voting, and in the machine next to me was a friend with his service dog, and I was tired, and uh, I just sort of greeted the dog, and then I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a very human thing to do, but, too, I, I would encourage people to re- try to remember that and talk to their children about it. Great, great points, Karen. You know, we were um, when we had Richard Courtney on earlier, um, we we talked about the difference in a service dog and a therapy dog. And you are, Karen, talking about a service dog, a guide dog, a guide dog that is working. Right. Right. It is. And it's a a dog that's on the job and you don't want to interfere with with their job absolutely not and karen's brought up a great point um if a dog is in harness and has on their identification the public needs to realize they are working and they have a very important job to do for their human but even i'm kind of like karen even when the dog is out of harness nine times out of ten that dog still is in a working emotion Mm -hmm. And they must ask permission. May I pet your dog or may I say hi to your dog? Uh, And I'm with Karen. Don't get your feelings hurt. The dog has been trained specifically. When I was training the two Doberman Pinchers for Rebecca Floyd and Gallant Hearts, Mm -hmm. we took them everywhere. We Mm -hmm. took them into restaurants. And I can't tell you how many people would want to reach out without realizing what they were doing to pet the dog and right. it immediately distracts that animal right. from its job right and and karen i know that you and Teresa both agree with me um you're not going to get angry at the individual but no. but educating them and I, I certainly would think that children would probably be although i know plenty of adults would probably also be offenders if they're not educated so this is a great uh bit of information for people to remember different like rick was telling us than a therapy dog right because a therapy dog's job is to be petted but but that's People will tell you the difference, um, and so you need to just be aware and know that there is a big difference. Let me add something here, Karen, which will probably help eventually. In the therapy work now, we are getting away from a therapy dog vest. We're strictly having 
identification tags and collars. Mm-hmm. No therapy vest on a therapy dog. So that's if the they difference. Have, okay, one of so the major differences. A service vest, a, a vest on a dog typically means they're a service dog. Right. Guide yeah. dogs have a harness yeah. and a vest sometimes. Okay. Karen, thanks for your call. Thanks for the information, and good luck out there with your service dog um, or your guide dog. Let's go now to Ron and Tupelo. Ron, you have a, a story about your daughter's rescue dog. Well, my daughter um, volunteered at the Lafayette County Animal Shelter when she was old Miss a few years back. And um, she was going through a really, really bad time. She moved back home here to Tupelo. But anyway, um, I took her to lunch and a friend of hers one day, and I found my daughter sitting with this dog that we I thought was a puppy. Turns out she's almost a full-grown Australian Shepherd. Mm. And um, they just immediately bonded, and we busted her out of the shelter the next day. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm Lefty. She's Rocky. We busted her up. <laughs> we brought her home and tried to put the dog outside in the doghouse. And then I tried to put her in the shed. I'd even sleep with her outside. But she would climb our privacy fence just to get to the house, trying to get to my daughter. So I told my wife, listen, she's not going to be happy till she stays in the room with our daughter. And... She started staying in the room with my daughter, and it's like they were separated at birth. My oh. daughter has a sticker on the back of her car that says, My rescued dog rescued me. Exactly. Wow. And we have rescued since then um, three dogs. We have four dogs. Um, I rescued another one a week, two weeks ago, and we placed her with the family this dog had been abused to. And I just want to encourage people, if you want a dog, go to the shelter, spend some time, walk dogs, get out and play with the dogs. They'll let you. And, you know, you'll find a dog you bond with. And, you know, there's no need to go to a dog breeder. Oh, I'm going to get you a call from the breeder. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um yeah. I love that. My rescue dog rescued me, Ron. Well, and I, yeah, and that's yeah. what she's got on her bumper. Yeah, so. yeah. and I, I honestly, I mean, I know people are wondering why we're doing uh, a show about dogs or pets um, when this is supposed to be a family show. But that's my point, is that um, these animals can improve our health, improve our life, de-stress us, protect us, and in some cases, um, be our eyes or our ears or our legs or our hands. And so we need to remember that um, that this is yet another way that we can enhance our lives. And um, you brought up an, a beautiful story. It sounds like your daughter's doing well. She is. Can I tell you one more thing really quickly? Sure. Um, this last dog it was a long-haired chihuahua. A friend of mine called me, oh, this stray came up the yard, this girl, and, you know, they dumped her out. So I took the dog, took her to my vet, got her checked out. She's almost a year old. Of course, she was in heat. That's why she got dumped. Mm. But anyway, my daughter called a friend of hers that's practiced teaching here, and this teacher took her home with her, and... 
her husband, she has two small kids, three years old and two years old. Her husband, the first night, thought this little dog was so sweet, he put her in the bed with him the first night. She slept at the foot of the bed. Uh And I've got a picture. I'm going to send you the picture on Facebook of this little dog snuggled up to one of the kids. Uh And to tell you she'd been abused, one of her ears had been sliced, looked like with a pair of scissors. It had healed. Yeah. Uh, Certainly, those little puppies can make such a difference, Ron, um, and can, you know, lots of bad things happen to uh, sweet puppies. So thanks for saving that. I want to get to a couple of quick emails before we have to close the show. Um, One is from Karen, and she says, Cats and dogs have always and always will improve the quality of my life. They are family, and losing one to death is extremely difficult to handle. But as someone once said, grief is the price that we pay for love. Another from Ezra, I miss my dog every single day, but I also laugh at some memory of him every single day. Hashtag worth it. And then finally, Lori said, it has been 10 years since I lost mine. I say it was worth the four years I had her, but I still cannot bring myself to get another dog, Lori. So, Lori, this is my advice to you. I would highly encourage you to bring yourself to get another dog. There's somebody out there who's looking for you and somebody who can improve your life. If you really loved that dog you had before, um, you will love another one, I promise you. Right, Teresa? Absolutely. Teresa, I want to thank you for being here today and sharing with us your thoughts. Any parting words? No, just... If you can go rescue an animal, it'll rescue you right back. Yep. I just, I think that is probably one of the most right. beautiful things I've heard. And and um, one thing we didn't get into, and I want everybody to know, horses also. Absolutely. Uh, we have a pretty robust group here in the Jackson metropolitan area that has hippotherapy, horseback riding therapy. Right. It's very good and has been shown to improve uh, the lives of children with autism spectrum disorder and also children with cerebral palsy and other disabilities and um, helping in their mobility so there's lots of good stuff that can happen animals just bring joy to our lives so thank you teresa thank you for having me thanks to all our callers relatively speaking is a production of mississippi public broadcasting think radio and is funded in part by a grant from the university of mississippi medical center and generous support from the members of the foundation for public broadcasting in mississippi today's show is entered in engineered by our producer jay white our call screener was who jay um, I'm Jonas Adams. Thanks, Jonas. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>